You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If, 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 if your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, blue this, this is the pod, is the pod for, you. for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Damn, damn, damn. So, Orange and Blue Blood special live post-game reaction from Game 6 of the Eastern Conference semifinal between the Knicks and Heat. The Knicks season is officially over. They go down to the Miami Heat, losing this one in game six. Tommy Beer with me as always. Again, this is Orange and Blue Buzz, New York Knicks podcast. Podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto download feature on your streaming service. If you're listening to this via audio, if you're seeing us on YouTube, what's up, people? It's EJ, Tommy. We're doing live here. Make sure you put stuff in the comment section because we can see stuff in the comments. So we're talking Knicks basketball here Knicks loss and, and a long season ahead and and man Tommy this was a very interesting game with a lot of twists and turns but unfortunately it does end with the Knicks loss a tough loss um as you mentioned um a lot to discuss this offseason um there's a lot of disappointment uh, that'll be uh, you know, that'll be needed to be digested over the next minutes and hours and days and weeks and months um let me start here though Um, the Knicks have a superstar in Jalen Brunson, not a good player, not a great player, not a star, a superstar. Um, EJ, you talked about it as one of the 10 best players, um, in in this postseason. And I don't know if we can, if if we start naming names, I don't know if we get to 10. I don't know if we get to nine. I don't know if we get to eight, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be. Um, the Knicks have a player around which you can build a team. And he can be the focal point, or one of the focal points, uh, one of the, the 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 one of the cornerstones of a championship a championship caliber team. Knicks haven't had that in a really long time. A, oh, yeah. I don't know if Carmelo was that guy. We'll talk about you know the Knicks have a guy now that you can count on in the postseason to deliver in the biggest of spots. I mean, forty-one points in a closeout game after thirty-eight mm-hmm. to send it to a game six. The Nick his 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 co-pilots didn't didn't fly with him tonight, and and they really no. let him down. Is specifically Randall and Barrett, um, and and RJ had played really well for a long time, um, but you know, and again again a lot to to, to discuss. Non-impact of the centers, um, Grimes not knocking down shots, all that stuff is in there. But let's start on a positive note because this was a season in which the Knicks vastly exceeded expectations. Yeah. We, and even in the series they lost, they exceeded expectations. Um, even though they were probably, I don't know if they were favored or, you know, right. obviously they weren't favored in this game, but coming into the series was probably a coin flip. Um, the play and performance 
of Jalen Brunson is what I think I'll take away from the season. Um, really special player, really special performance. Um, and, uh, you know, the Knicks future is bright because he's on their roster. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been saying for a long <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus, um, saying for a long time that uh, Brunson, to me, uh, best free agent signing, at least since Allen Houston. I, this is forecasting I'm doing tonight. Uh, I'm going to say he's the best Knicks signing ever. I, I think that that, to me, is is and now we got to see what he does of course and yada 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 we can do all that later like to me you see what he did a couple nights ago at the garden three one you're down he plays all 48 minutes puts up 38 points come on the road he gets off to this red hot start against the miami heat team trying to close you out he gives you 41 points on 14 for 22 shooting five for 10 from three i mean it was a it was a master class and and to me that's why this game is so tough for me. I think it's going to be tough for a lot of Nick fans to swallow, no pun intended, because, like, it it feels like you saw a pitcher, you know, pitch a no-hitter or a perfect game, and he goes into the ninth inning, and he's got to get one more out to complete the perfect game. Because from a point guard standpoint, it, it felt like Brunson Central was playing a perfect game. And one play, you know, it doesn't decide a whole season or whatever, but one play really decides this game. And he goes – Against that double team with Butler and Struz coming over to help. Just a couple dribbles too many. Um, just not enough quick decisions. And then a, a forced pass to Julius Randle that goes out of bounds off the Knicks. And that essentially was the end of the game uh, for the Knicks. A, a game that they had no really business being in late down the stretch. Like they had already kind of, kind of pissed away the game with turnovers and missed shots leading up to that. But that Gabe Vincent flagrant foul put them in prime position to get right back in the game. Brunson makes two free throws, gets a pass to Hart. They score. They get a stop now. They have the ball. And, you know, Tibbs didn't call timeout there. What did you think of that? I mean, I mean, I had no problem with Tibbs not calling a timeout there. I know the Heat, with the way they defend their principles and, and knowing what Spolster would have, I think he would have been very prepared for whatever the Knicks did. But do, do you sit here and say, yeah, maybe timeout would have been better there? What do you think? I don't. I don't have a problem with it. Um, you know, again, like you said, the the, Heat, the Knicks have had a struggle scoring against the that the once once the Miami uh, once the Heat had a chance to kind of set up uh, and, and scheme against Jalen Bronson. So it's you know it's it's one of those things where I, I don't have an issue with it. I, I kind of like the quick hitting. Um, listen, yeah. you're gonna get the ball in Brunson's hands. I, I, at that point, I'd rather Jalen Brunson shoot from half court, you know, lefty <laughs> blindfolded, than anyone else right. on the team taking shots. So, um, you know, you, I think you have a better chance of getting a, a Jalen Brunson uh, in some space as opposed to um, because you know they would have denied him on the inbound and then rushed two at him on the catch. Um, had the Knicks set up a play. So, um, you know, yeah. Listen, obviously that last that last play was poor. Um, you know, he didn't he, he, you know didn't deliver as he had all game, um, but. Yeah. That was, you know, maybe the only mistake he made, um, and he certainly does earn the right to do so. Again, people who coming in on the on the chat, coming in on YouTube, let you guys know this is Orange and Blue Bloods, uh, WFN Odyssey Sports Original. This is a New York Knicks podcast. We talk Knicks basketball. Knicks lose Game Six in Miami, 96-92. It was a game the Knicks had a fourteen point lead in the first quarter, and, and nonetheless they were unable to uh, finish and. I tell you what, Tommy, it felt like the game in many ways almost felt lost in that little two minute stretch you had. Well, I'll put I'll, I'll go two spots. Stretch after the Knicks got to that 14 point lead, the way they closed that first quarter weren't tight enough. Kyle Lowry came in, made some plays, hit a couple of shots. 
got the lead down to seven going into the first quarter. Tibbs telling the ESPN crew that he didn't like how they finished the first quarter. He was right. That was uh, unfortunate because the Knicks really looked like maybe they were going to run these guys out the gym. And then that second quarter spurt where he kept Brunson out there, then took him out, which we saw in game five, he didn't take Brunson out at all. He decided to just ride him the whole game. Here he goes with Deuce McBride, and to me, the Heat taking that seven-point lead and turning it into a one-point Heat lead just flipped the entire game. Now, the Knicks, I thought, played with a lot of heart. I thought they battled. I thought there was nothing you could talk about with effort and things that we were talking about in the first two games of Miami. None of that here. Um, but it's a game of inches, a game of, you know, just loose. It's a game, one basket here, one basket there, one minute here, one second here can change an entire series, change an entire game. I felt like those two stretches essentially won the Heat this game. If the Knicks are playing with the lead this entire time, and maybe Brunson's out there the entire time. I don't know if the Knicks are playing this catch-up game that they were playing in the fourth. Yeah, uh, it's uh, certainly there's a uh, there's a lot there. I, I just think the, the the fact that they were in it uh, is a testament to Jalen Brunson. Um, I just did, looked at the numbers quickly. Um, R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle um, were a combined one of twelve from the floor in the second half of, of the biggest game of the next season. Um, yeah. so, so quick math here. There were more Scott Foster lane violations called and combined <laughs> field goals. Oh my God. What was that guy? What is, what is that guy's deal? You cannot listen. Either you call it every time or you don't. And it's just, is it, you know, people don't tune in to watch. The, I mean, the, I thought the lane violation he called on iHeart, that was a double that went to the jump ball that eventually went to heat ball in terms of heat basket. I thought that was also a crucial flip in that game as well in the fourth quarter. Listen, Knicks are down four and that, you know, with, 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 you know, limited time remaining, if they, you know, if they're down three, it obviously changes the game. Um, but like I said, um, before we get sidetracked, the reality yeah. is the, 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 if, if, if Randall performs up to his level of capabilities, um, RJ Barrett, we've been giving him credit all series long. Yeah. He did not deliver tonight. Um, if either one of those guys bring to the table what what half of what Brunson brought to the table, um, they're not in this position. So I think it's unfortunate um, that that Brunson had an, you know that that neither of those guys could step up and kind of deliver um, to the to the level that that Brunson kind of deserved. He needed somebody to step up. We talked about it coming into this contest. He kind of knew yeah. what you were going to get from from Brunson. So was it going to be hard? Who had some decent moments? Was it Mitch Rob who was invisible for most of the night, um, giving up that layup to Lowry um, late in the game? Oh, was, was inexcusable. Um, Randall, obviously, in addition to the inefficient offensive production, um, there were moments there where he, you know, had to chase down block. There were moments where he seemed locked in, and other moments um, was lackadaisical. In particular, um, that that final bam dunk. Um, uh, Randall was kind of lollygagging around the perimeter. He should have dove down. You cannot give up a dunk um, yeah. in, in that spot. You foul him, make him earn the free throws. Um, so there's, there's. I, I didn't even like. How, I didn't even like how he closed out on Struess on the foul. I mean, you can't Agreed. get beat off the dribble by that guy and then send him to the line. That was Agreed. that was that was awful. Um, shout out to the chat right here again. We've got a, uh, one here person here uh, in clans in Calance fourteen saying good young core and a star on Brunson to keep building trades and trades. Leon Rose has work to do. I agree. Leon has work to do. And we talk about RJ and Brun and RJ and Randall. That may be where the work begins. Um, they, like you said, they, they did not co-pilot this thing at all for, um, for, for, for Brunson. And I'll start with Randall. 
because Barrett played terrible. I mean, he's played really good throughout yeah. this entire series. He was terrible tonight. Outside of the first quarter, he got he got to the free throw line, and then he, he did a really good job getting to the line. And I almost think the foul seemed to take him out of it. But when he yeah. got back in the game, he just didn't have the same look in his eye, and and he gave them nothing. But I, I do want to harp on Randall because he is the All NBA player. He is the All Star. He is the highest paid player. And you're getting three for fourteen, three turnovers, fifteen points in a elimination closeout game on the road from your All NBA player. You should lose that game 99 or out of 100 times. And maybe the one time you win it is when Brunson scores 43 instead of 41. Like, that's literally – like, you're yeah. not supposed to be in this game if Randall gives you that kind of game. So when we talk about the future of this team, I, I just – I've said it a million times on this pod. Well, you know, the playoffs only started last month. But I've said it several times since the playoffs started and since I've seen what I've seen from Randall. The guy is not a playoff player. He's not someone that you can rely on in these big spots. I did not think – uh, we get much from him tonight. I, I thought they were, and when this game was going to be Brunson, and Brunson did almost bring them home. But I think the Knicks are at a crossroads with Randall at this point. Like we've seen him play spectacular regular seasons. We've seen him be wishy-washy during the postseason. We've seen him struggle mightily during the postseason. We've seen him come back and have bounce-back games, but there's just no consistency with him. Based on this performance and based on kind of where the temperature of the fan base is, do you think that this is finally the offseason where – Knicks do say, okay, we got to move on from Randall because now we're a team that has bigger aspirations. We're a team trying to win a championship. And I think we've seen very clearly that Randall is just not a championship caliber player. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. There is a percentage. I don't know if it's 30%. I don't know if it's 60%. I don't know if it's 40%. Somewhere in there, there's a decent chance that we that Randall just played his last game as a New York Nick. Really? Um, Wow. I think so. I think so. I, I think the team has to explore those those avenues. Um, I'm not sure I'd be in favor of it. It depends on the deal, et cetera. Um, it's something we've talked about previously, and I think it's worth mentioning. Um, there are 82-game players. There are 16-game players. I think Randall now has proven now that that he just, for whatever reason, some guys just can't step up and succeed in the postseason. Brunson is yeah. one of those guys that plays above the back of his basketball card in the postseason. Um, you know, even uh, RJ is, has improved and, and played better th- than we thought would. Um, but but Randall's not that guy. Um, so th- the reality, but the reality is, and as we've talked about, you need sometimes you need to get to the postseason. You need those 82 yeah. game players to help you get there. As we discussed on the previous spot, maybe the Knicks aren't the fifth seed. If Randall doesn't play incredibly well over the first 77 games of the season, he didn't miss a game, showed up right. every night, didn't show up on the defensive end some nights, but more often than not earned the all NBA third team. I thought he deserved to be, he was deserving of that all NBA third team. Um, you know, so, so those are the conversations that they'll have. Um, but the reality is, like I like I like I said at the top, 
the Knicks have a, a superstar now in Jalen Brunson, a guy that is Great. capable of, of captaining a team uh, to a championship level. Now you got to surround him with the right pieces. Is Randall the right piece? Is there a better fit? Is there a disgruntled player um, that that you're willing to swap? I, I don't think you know you, you should give up Randall for for cents in the dollar. Um, you know because again there is value there even for a guy that struggles in the postseason. Um, there is value for a player that can contribute during the regular season. Yeah, and that's going to be where the Knicks, and it's going to be very interesting to see how Leon Rose kind of handles this because when you look at the prospect of trading Randall, are you trading him for a, a bigger star? Are you attaching Randall with a bunch of young assets or draft picks to get an upgrade into the starting lineup? Or are you trading him for multiple pieces that you think would fit better around Brunson? And maybe you think maybe there's a second move that comes maybe mid-season next year or maybe following offseason where those pieces get con uh, kind of like combined into then your superstar player. Like that's, I think, going to be the problem with Randall because I, as we talked about it on our last episode, like I, I still feel like I don't really have any idea what the trade value market is for Randall. Like I feel like last season there was like no value, it seemed. But then it also seemed the Knicks weren't all that enthused about trying to trade him. So it was kind of hard to tell. And this year he's played so well that there really was no thought to saying, well, what can we get for him by the trade deadline? Because the Knicks were saying, hey, we, we're going to probably make the playoffs and maybe we can make a run. And they did make a little bit of a run. So now coming into this offseason where, okay, you've made a first round run. Now, you know, you have a championship cornerstone in Jalen Brunson, which is extremely clear at this point. What how what does the lead think about Randall? I think we're going to learn a lot in the next few months. I think if the league still thinks very little of him, I know I'm going to get a bunch of boos from the, the comment section. I'm sorry. I could see a scenario where he's still back. I really can. I like, cause, cause I, I, this, this, this front office, Leon Rose and worldwide West and those guys, they have uh, a great relationship with him. They like him a lot. The owner likes him a lot. So I, I, I could totally see there being some level of content, especially given how the season ended, you know, they didn't get swept in the second round. They battled like I, I could see this front office, which I think at times is kind of rested on their laurels. They've not necessarily been a very aggressive front office when it comes to making big moves. I could see them saying, well, let's see with another year of experience, another year of Brunson. Let's see what happens. I think that that would be a massive mistake. I think that we've seen all we would need to see from Randall. I think the more you hold on to him, you could end up having a repeat of what happened last season where Randall maybe does have some of those bad habits come back. Maybe he doesn't shoot the ball as well. Maybe he has a bad season. Now you can't get rid of him. Like, his value is never going to be as high as it is today. So I think you need to just get what you can get for him and then move on from there. I That's the that's the strong argument to trade him because there is a scenario in which they keep him, which wouldn't be crazy. I mean, listen, the guy, yeah. the third-team All-NBA, All-Star, again, contributed significantly in the regular season, and you need those guys. Uh, you need horses that, that you can kind of uh, attach, you know, the, the train to and have them carry you guys, you know, carry for a couple weeks. Um, but there's a downside there where – if this Randall shows up, the postseason Randall shows up, you know, again, the last time he made all NBA 13, the following season was a disaster. Um, so, you know, we'll see kind of how it plays out, but there is, but that, I think that's the reason to really explore all trade opportunities. And that doesn't mean dump them, um, you know, for 30 cents on the dollar, but my sense is that there are, there's plenty of value, you know, other teams see plenty of value, um, in a guy like Julius Randall, even though we struggled, uh, yeah. in the postseason, um, there's, but, but, you know, could, because again, there are teams that are looking to get to the playoffs and they'll, they'll worry about the postseason once they get there. Um, they need a guy that can step in and, and 
provide value right there. Or if you have kind of an alpha male on the team, um, somebody that's going to keep, you know, Randall line. I'm sure there's other GMs out there that say part of the Randall problem is, is, is Tibbs, you know, looking the other way when he gets away with this nonsense that he's gotten away with for three years. And it came back to bite Tibbs and Randall in the butt in the postseason when they didn't play well uh, in, uh, you know, when he should have been called out for his lack of effort in games three or four. You guys watching Orange and Blue Bloods, listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, the New York Knicks podcast, WFAN original Knicks lose game six, 96-92, season over. I want to bring up this comment here from D977, who said, I'm okay with Randall if he's a third or fourth option. They have to bring in someone on Brunson's level. See, I've heard this a lot, and I actually hate this idea. Like, I think, like, Randall, to me, because what are the things we can complain about with Randall? Um, he's too ball dominant. Uh, his effort is inconsistent. Um, efficiency was better this year, but efficiency sometimes can be there, hit or miss. It's kind of some of the things we complain about with RJ, quite frankly, and why he's not a good third option. But I think Randall is a terrible third or fourth option. Like, if you're a third or fourth option, that means you need to give maximum effort on the glass. Uh, uh, you need to be steady in terms of your, your emotion. You got to be steady. You got to be consistent. Like, Randall has shown he can't be any of those things. And also, if you're a third or fourth option, you're not getting as many opportunities to cook offensively, isolation, and those things. So, I don't know what his value is as an off-ball secondary option. Like, then that's why I wonder what his trade value is. I don't think any. I don't think a lot of teams are enamored with the idea of saying no. We'll take him and make him our number one option. Like, I think they everybody's seeing kind of what kind of ceiling there is. Now, I, I think you make a good point. I think it's going to take a team like the Sacramento Kings last season when they made the trade for Demontis Sabonis, a team that said, "Hey, we're desperate to get to the playoffs, and we know this is a flawed player, but we know this guy will help us now." So hopefully we can get somebody now that can help us and we can get to that next step. And it worked out. Like they need a team like the Kings. It's not going to be the Kings now because they're kind of want Randall, but a team right. like that who's yes. saying, hey, listen, like we'll give you a really good young asset or a really good player that we know is probably maybe uh, maybe a little pricey to give up for this player. But we've missed the playoff for 20 years or 15 years or 10 years or we haven't gotten to the second round in, you know, 10 years and we need to do something. We need a team like that. To say, okay, we'll take our chances on Randall and give you, uh, you know, a piece that fits better on this Knicks team. But I, I just, I, I've heard the thing about Randall. You know, if you get a superstar, you put Randall to a third option, he'll be better. I just, I do not buy that. I, I, I do not buy that. I've never bought that. I think if you're looking for a guy who's a third option, think about the guys who are third options on other teams. You're thinking about like, you know, Clay Thompson when he was with the, uh, you know, with the KD and Steph Warriors. Like this, this. Julius Randle have the steadiness, the poise, <laughs> and the consistency of someone like Clay Thompson, you know, like it or Drew Holiday or Chris Mills or whoever you want to pick for the Bucks. Like, does he give you any of those feelings as a third or second option? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So that I think is their best chance to, uh, to, to, uh, to trade Randle. So on Barrett, very disappointing performance from him. Uh, it was one for ten. He got stripped multiple times by Kyle Lowry in key spots. Um. What what happens with him? Like this was uh, again a disastrous performance from him. Do you see him as a guy who says, "Okay, bad last game, but for the totality of the playoffs, pretty good playoffs"? Maybe this is where you see his trade value at the highest, and you do you try to see if you can maybe move him? It's a really complicated because the the th the issue I think is 
there's a lot of puzzle pieces to kind of be maneuvered around here. So if you trade Randall, that opens up so many shots. Then a guy like Barrett makes more sense. Um, a guy who's right. kind of a high volume shooter, maybe an opportunity to kind of spread his wings a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, the, the usage rate would, there'd be a lot more usage pie to be cut up. Um, and, and maybe RJ, you know, would be able to benefit from and, and kind of prove that, that he belonged. Um, you know, if you're bringing, you know, a, a Barrett, uh, I'm sorry, Brunson and Randall back, then it probably makes sense to move RJ. But if you're moving Randall, then it might make sense to hold on to RJ. I think they're going to explore all opportunities. Um, you know, uh, the good news, uh, you know, from this offseason, um, uh, from, from this postseason was va Randall's value kind of had dipped a significant amount over the six yep. months of the regular season. It's back on, a, on an upward trajectory. Um, played really well in the postseason. Game two against Cleveland through game five uh, against New York. What is that? Like seven games or so. Um, you know, that, that samples, I think it's eight, an eight game sample size. There was incredibly impressive. Um, yeah. and that, and, and again, only 22 years old, we keep talking about a lot of room to grow, um, has handled New York really well since the moment he arrived as a teenager, never gotten in trouble, kept his nose clean, works hard. Everybody on the coaching staff, all his teammates have nothing but good things to say about him. Um, so there's, there's, there's a lot of, of positivity there. Um, you know, so that, that's, that's kind of the issue going forward. And one other thing, just because I was thinking of it while you were talking, um, Knicks really yeah. could have used Emmanuel quickly. Tonight. Absolutely. I thought it, the, the absence of quickly, um, you know, got away with it in game five, the garden crowd, the energy. Um, Knicks finally and Brunson finally wore down a little bit um, in, in game six tonight in Miami. Um, one thing I'll say about quickly, um, yeah. I saw somebody uh, mention in the comments, the one bright side, and we've talked about this a little bit in the, in the previous pods throughout the postseason, EJ, the one bright side is um, uh, Emmanuel quickly is extension eligible coming off that regular season. He would have been asking for the moon. Does that, yeah. does that asking price drop a little bit? Um, can the, can Leon Rose and his, and, 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 and IQ's representatives meet somewhere in the middle and maybe a lock in IQ for a kind of a long-term contract on a, on a relatively team-friendly deal coming off his disappointing postseason. Yeah, IQ really struggled this postseason. That might be the silver line that you can get him back on a reasonable price. You hope that maybe, I think for some of these guys, and, you know, I, I see some of the comments, some people saying, oh, you know, why are you banging on Randall? But, you know, Barrett, I don't think we've given him a pass. I, I said he's awful. I said he did terrible. I, I would say he's played awful. I'm just saying he's played well prior to tonight. But uh, I think the difference is the age and the youth and the expectation. You know, quite frankly, Randall, again, all-NBA player, all-star player. Like, I was kind of anticipating a RJ Stinker coming at some point because of how well he had played. The problem was we had so many bad Randall games up until this point that you kind of now needed him to really steady himself, and he couldn't do that in this game. So I think that's a key difference. Um, I know you posted uh, the tweet, uh, your Twitter, um, on Twitter about how People could comment on on these videos. I want to read one tweet because I thought it was important because it was driving me crazy down the stretch. I I've seen the Knicks do this so many times, but um, NY Sports Hoopster tweeted, "Why were the Knicks doubling Jimmy Butler like he was prime KD?" And it was one of the things we talked about so many times on this podcast in this series that you cannot continue to throw doubles. And for some strange reason. The Knicks went into some weird, like, trapping, half-court trap kind of defense in the last two minutes, a, a game that was a two-possession game. And they, they you talked about the the Randall giving up the, the, the a bam dunk. Um, you know, Lowry got loose on that layup from Mitch. Like, they, they, they got caught on so many bad positions because they kept going to that trapping defense. What do you think Tom Thibodeau was thinking on that? Because 
I, I, you know, he didn't coach a great game. I didn't think it was a disaster from him, but that to me was like really poor decision making by him. I don't know why they went to that and the doubles from Jimmy Butler. I think there was a big three that Struess hit, where they're doubling them thirty feet away from the basket. What were they doing on that? I, if I had an answer, I would tell you um, there was uh, several questionable decisions. Um, you know, throughout the game, I don't think, um, you know, it, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't Thibodeau's worst game. Um, and again, it's hard to pin this, the inefficient offense. Um, you know, just, just looking at that box score is tough. RJ one of 10, um, Randall three of four. I, I keep guys. staring at it. I keep hoping to see more points increase at some point. Like it's going to change and it's not going to change that 96, 92 score. is going to stay that one for 10 is going to stay that three for 14 from uh, Randall is going to stay. And I'm like, Really, you couldn't get anything else from from more people. Shout out to Josh Hart, though. He had a good bounce back game. 11 points, 5 for 10, 7 rebounds. A couple of times, you know, a lot of guys had some costly turnovers. He had a couple bad turnovers, but for the most part, I thought he, he gave a really solid effort. Um, and Grimes, you know, yeah. uh, he's got to make six. those shots. Um, yeah, I expect him to make those shots. I know he expects to make those shots. Um, How do you feel about the last play where you're down four? You, you The play, it looked like it was for Grimes there. I don't mind it. Uh, you know, I assume, again, I would probably have rather Brunson, you know, shoot backwards or shoot on the hand um, from anywhere on the floor and just, you know, because he earned the right to, to miss those those shots. Um, but, uh, you know, again, if you're going to win the game, you need a three there. A clean look from your, your you know, Grimes um, literally was the second best corner three-point shooter in the NBA this season. Um, but he just didn't look, he just offensively just didn't look locked in, didn't look confident, did a good job, a relatively good job on Jimmy Butler. Um, so you give him credit for that. Um, but, uh, you know, again, uh, one for six. So, you know, the combination, the Jalen Brunson was 14 of 22 from the floor. The next other four starters combined were five of 32. Um, just, yeah, you, can't, you can't win like that. <laughs> these are, these are, again, they're a miracle. They only lost by four. A miracle that it was a one possession late in the game. I think when we talk about the offensive struggles and, and JJ Reddick was really harping on it in the, in the broadcast, he was harping on the, the, the lack of spacing and, and so much of the ball pounding. Some of that, I think, stemmed from the Heat's full court pressure. Knicks were getting into their stuff so late. I think one thing that, that kind of screwed them up, too, in this game was you saw that first quarter. You see what the major difference was. The Knicks were getting out and running. Um, first of all, they were getting stopped. They were getting blocked. They were getting deflections. They were getting turnovers. getting out and running. But even off uh, makes or misses, they were pushing the ball up more. And that allowed them to kind of open the floor. Quinn Grimes got a wide open three. Um, other guys got going. Randall, I think, might have hit three. It's only three in the first half um, in the first quarter. Like, it seemed like it was like that first quarter happened, and then the rest of the game was just going to be slugging through the mud. Like, what happened with the Knicks offense from that standpoint? Do you think they ran out of gas? Or do you think it was something that Heat did that really kind of got them out of their stuff? Yeah, I think it was a combination. Um, you know, it, 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 when you're not making shots, the the, the, the spacing was really cramped. Um, I thought go. I thought they. I thought going with Barrett and Grimes together on the floor um, for most of the fourth quarter was a mistake. I would have liked Grimes in there again, even though he wasn't making shots. I thought it would have opened yeah. up the lane a little bit. Um, it's something you know. It's something we've talked about. Um, the other frustrating thing is the Knicks got beat. Um, without Jimmy Butler having a great game, you know, seven yep. of 22, um, you know, you figure, you know, you really like your chances. If you, if, you know, Which is more crazy why they were sending two, three guys at him 30 feet from the basket. He wasn't even killing you like that. A hundred percent. But then on the other hand, it didn't really burn you because the, the he won only seven of 27 from from three points every right. shoot 26 yeah. percent um that's what kept the knicks in the game honestly um despite the fact that you know uh barrett um 
Hart and uh, Brunson were the only guys that scored a field goal in the fourth quarter. Um, the, the Heat had s- several opportunities to put the game away, but just couldn't knock down those big threes. Yeah, I will say that was probably one of the things that I I, I, I did feel like the Knicks really improved on. And that's kind of when I, when I think about my emotion, just how I feel about this game as a Knicks fan. Like, it's disappointing. It feels like the Knicks really let one go because of how well they started and you know, that flagrant foul situation where now you got the ball down two. Like, oh, I think any Nick fan would have taken that situation. You got the ball down two, Brunson's coming up, and the season's on the line. Every Nick fan would have taken that, ch- that chance 10 out of 10 times. And I think the reason why I don't feel so terrible, despite those efforts from Barrett and Randall, is because I did think the effort defensively was there. Um, it wasn't necessarily sometimes the smartest effort, and some of that right. may have been having to do with uh, what we saw from um, – from tips, quite frankly, with the, again, the double teaming. But I did think that like those threes, you didn't see as many wide open ones. It just felt like the Knicks were scrambling a lot better. And almost like maybe when you get to like a game six in the series where you've played this team so many times, you kind of know where the ball rotations are going. And that's kind of why the double teaming frustrated me because they were honing on those three point shooters pretty well. And it seemed like the Heat made a couple of big threes in the fourth quarter because the Knicks got back into that scramble drill. And the Heat moved the ball too well, and they just liked to dice them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, the, the, the Bam was a was a major factor in this game. Uh, credit to Adam yeah, yeah, Bio, huge game. twenty three and nine. Um, I thought he had a huge game at Mitchell Robinson's expense. Um, uh, you know, Mitch Rob two points. Uh, you know, um, those were two big free throws, though. I will. I mean, <laughs> I, I, nobody in the arena, I maybe included Mitch Robinson, thought them joints was going in, but somehow they went in. Very, very big free throws. I'll give him that. Um, but otherwise, wasn't as wasn't a force defensively. Um, wasn't as, as good of rim protect as you'd like. Um, Iheart had some good moments uh, in that in, in in the second half there, as far as the, uh, defensively. Especially. He has four blocks in this game. Four blocks is a, is a good number. Um, but uh, you know, it, it, you know, just two points in, in eighteen minutes. So you're, you're forty eight minutes of center. You score a total of four points. Um, it's it, it's tough to get a win, especially um, when your two wings are struggling to, as much as they did. We got CAA Mafia here. Not sure if this is uh, Leon Rose entering our chat, but uh, he puts up there. What is our biggest priority heading into the off season? It's tough to even say those words. Had now that we're heading into the off season, it's like I was ready for Game Seven on Monday. That I f- famously on my Twitter said Sunday, and I was wrong. It was Monday. It was going to be Game Seven. Probably was a bad omen. I didn't even know when Game Seven was. <laughs> and I posted a video after the Knicks won, and I was at MSG. Shout out to my guy Keith McPherson, woke me up with the tickets. Like, um. Uh, to me, it's it's figuring out now that you because I think the Knicks have been kind of playing like Leon Rose and Wes and those guys. Like it felt like they were kind of managing this team in, in almost like a holding pattern. Like they didn't have the superstar here, so they weren't going to do anything rash or stupid to mix it up because they really didn't have a direction. Now that like this is not like that first year with Atlanta when you got just destroyed in the first round and you realize the talent is nowhere near where it needs to be. There's a lot more steps you got to get to. So they decided to kind of play it safe and they got burned. But at the end of the day, they didn't get burned so bad because now everybody is going off that team and now they have a new team here. But I think this offseason is completely different. Like you were one game away from getting yourself a game seven in the Eastern Conference semifinals with a chance that we a game you probably would have been favored with a chance to go to the Eastern Conference finals. Like you are no longer a team that's just saying, well, hope we get into the playoffs and see what happens. I think the priority is going to be how do we build a championship team around Jalen Brunson? Because now you know you have a championship cornerstone. Like, 
I think yeah. everybody knew deep down that Randall wasn't a championship cornerstone. So after 2021, it was kind of like, well, let's see if we can kind of just add around this and see what happens. Like now, okay, you do have this guy. You can't waste this guy's prime because the last thing that you want is to be a team where you say, well, if we just do nothing and guys just mature, we'll get better. If you're not doing anything, you're getting worse. That's how a lot of teams uh, approach this stuff. So if my if I'm the Knicks, I'd be very aggressive. The problem is when I look at the trade market, there are a lot of imperfect guys out there. Yeah. Like Damian Lillard's a point guard. I don't see how it makes sense putting him next to Brunson. Trey Young's a point guard. I don't see how it makes sense putting him next to Brunson. Oh, you want Carlton Towns? Okay, do you want to pay him $60 million in a couple of years? Do you want to pay him $65 million in a couple of years? That's what his contract extension looks like. You want to play uh, Zach Levine? Okay, you want to bring him in? You want to pay him $45 million a couple of years? You want to pay him $50 million a couple of years? You want to pay him $55 million in a couple of years? So that's like the problem with this trade market as of right now. Now, as you know, as we saw with Kevin Durant, as we've seen every offseason, Donovan Mitchell, like anything is possible. Anybody could one day say, hey, I'm not feeling this thing where I'm at, and I see the Knicks look pretty good. That guy Jalen Brunson looks like a dog. If I can play with him, I can win a championship. Maybe one of these guys says, hey, send me to New York. And I don't think you'll see what happened with Donovan Mitchell happen this time. Like if if that guy becomes available, I think the Knicks are going to strike. Now, they're in a better position because – these guys have more value than they did last offseason. Like, Emmanuel quickly wasn't going to move the needle for a, a, a Danny Ainge. R.J. Barrett wasn't going to move the needle for Danny Ainge. Um, Obi Toppin wasn't going to move the needle. Julius Randle was moving no needles. I think now you don't have to say, okay, we got to give up the entire cupboard to get one star. I think you could say, okay, we could use these draft picks we have and maybe one or two of these guys to get that star. And then that's, I think, going to be the challenge. I think two names you'll hear a lot, and somebody mentioned Jalen Brown in the in in the comments. Yep. Uh, if the Celtics lose uh, tomorrow night, uh, that will certainly be a name that's bandied about quite frequently. Um, and um, uh, OG Ananobi, I think, is the other guy that um, will, will obviously was discussed prior to the deadline, and then will be another name. Um, a couple of of just you know from from a paperwork accounting standpoint. Um, the two guys that, uh, essentially the entire team's under contract, all, all the rotation players are coming back. Um, other than Josh Hart, who has a player option, expect him to opt out. Um, it, the, uh, again, if you're looking for a bright side or a, uh, you know, kind of a silver lining for his struggles in this, uh, as, yeah. for as terrific as he was in the Cleveland series, um, he was really stymied, um, and, the, and Spo and the Heat really did a good job of limiting his effectiveness in, in this Miami series. So maybe assign him for a little bit more of a, um, a relatively affordable contract, make no mistake. He's a guy you want to keep around. Didn't hit three pointers. He was, you know, they dared him to shoot. He could knock down threes. All that yeah. said in the Miami series, you, you have a you, Josh Hart proved his worthiness. So when from the moment he arrived, um, you know, through the, the end of the first round series against Cleveland, that's a guy you want on your roster going forward. Um, so they need to sign him to an extension or, you know, should he, should he opt out, re-sign him to a new contract? I think they will. Um, also, as we talked about Emmanuel quickly, get him locked up uh, going forward again, poor postseason. Um, this guy's a rising really, really good player at worst, a rotation player. I thought he should have been six man of the year. Um, right. So, uh, you know, that, that that's the other things. And as, as far as priorities, you know, to kind of directly answer your question, adding shooting. Knicks need yeah. to get guys that can make jump shots. Um, yeah. I, think, I think Grimes will be is a guy that can make jump shots. He didn't do it in, the, in, in a big spot. First, you know, first time in, a, in the playoffs, 
working his way back from a shoulder injury, never looked quite right um, after that that shoulder injury. Still contributed immensely on the second uh, on the uh, on the defensive end of the floor. Do not forget Jimmy uh, Jimmy Butler averaged 38, 38 points per game um, on like sixty percent shooting against Milwaukee. That's against Drew Holiday uh, and right. Middleton and, and those dogs over there. So major credit to Grimes for his defensive efforts um, on Butler. So um, those are kind of just the, the, the kind of the periphery things. And then you get into the, the superstar talk. Um, I'd push back a little bit EJ in the, in the uh, idea that the Mitchell situation was, I thought there was more likely they'd make the Mitchell deal last season than a Mitchell type deal this season. Not to say that they would pass on it, but I think, Mm -hmm. Now they can be have they can be a little selective. They can be a little greedy. They don't have to go all in for a guy like Carl Carl Anthony Towns, who isn't a great fit, and there's some flaws there. They don't have to go all in for a guy like Zach Levine just because they're big name all star superstars. Um, I think Rose has enough equity with ownership now where he well he can say, listen, I I, I trust in our yeah. young guys. We have a plenty of and that's the thing again, big picture guys. One. The Knicks have J- Jalen Brunson. That's that that right there. The Knicks haven't had a player like Jalen Brunson in a really long time. Um, you know, you thought you couldn't appreciate him anymore two weeks ago. Somehow he is, it, 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 you know, off the charts. You can't say enough about him. They have a ton of draft capital. Um, they have a lot of cap space. Um, we talked about the Randall, <laughs> the Jalen Brunson contract. Dude is going to be fifty players are going to make more than Jalen Brunson next year. Oh it's, yeah, it's absolute out- steal. His salary is going to be less next season than it is this season. And then a less the following season when he's only going to count for about 18, 19% of the rising salary cap. Um, again, and also with the cap rising, Knicks will have plenty of cap space. Um, it's one thing to note on the, on the Randall front, when you talk about what's his value, he's going, who would you rather have Randall at, at 27 million or Carl Anthony Towns at 50 million, yeah. Randall at 27 million or Zach Levine at 55 million. Right. Um, you know, so those are, those That's are other true. things that, you know, Duncan Robinson at 19 million or Julius Randall at 27 million. So there's a lot of bad contracts out there. The Knicks can part ways with, there's plenty of teams that will take an all NBA third, third team performer. That is, te- that has been terribly inefficient in, in the, uh, in, in <laughs> right. the postseason. Um, one of the least efficient players in the postseason this century. Uh, I'll get through all the stats tomorrow, but they're, Take my word for it. There hasn't been a player that's inefficient offensively. And then when you factor in um, his lack of effort at times, that is absolutely frustrating and maddening. And I believe did infect the psyche of the team um, in those in those games three and four in Miami. Yeah, I mean, I think about Julius Randle and everything he does in the regular season. But when we get to the postseason, it's just. Oh, it's fake. He got you. I mean. I'm not going to let them get me again, Chris Tucker. They're not going to let – I'm not going to let them get me again. It, it, we know what he is. We know what he is. And, and look, I usually try to be the guy that's not like, hey, like whoever you are now is who you're going to be for the rest of your career. But at the end of the day, again, I think the the sense of urgency needs to be increased. And I, and I agree with you from the sense that, like, I don't think the Knicks will make a desperate move. But that's why I kind of made the point about how I think they won't necessarily have to because of what you're saying, like because Randall – had a better, you know, season this year. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, you, you don't have to give him away. Um, Barrett had a pretty good postseason. Um, Emmanuel quickly had a great regular season. Uh, you go down the line of those guys that, you know, that they have on this roster now. The Knicks have, a, have guys that are now playoff caliber players. It wasn't a team that was coming off of, you know, a, a you know 37-win season, however many games they won last season. And these are guys that kind of, kind of limped their way into the offseason. You're trying to 
scrambling them together to get, you know, a guy who's an all NBA player in Donovan Mitchell. I don't think you have to do that. That's what I mean when I say I didn't pull the trigger. I'm saying if a fair offer comes up for a Jalen Brown or someone like that, I think that they will pull the trigger because they won't have to give up seven first round picks or whatever Danny Ainge have been asking for. I I tell you what, I I tweeted out there and it may sound crazy, but I think Jalen Brown is the one guy I would look at and say, that's the situation you got to follow very closely. The other guy I would look at, I'm wondering what's going on with Devin Booker. Like he he didn't want to talk to the I, media. I, I, I saw you I saw you making googly eyes at book on, on Twitter. Yeah, I was uh That's yeah. Shug like, EJ was feeling away last night watching him <laughs> get down by 30 points and knowing the CAA connections and seeing Kevin Durant uh and, come up and, small and, again and, in the postseason. And, and Kentucky connections. And the Kentucky connections. And I just wonder because that is a team that feels like they're like going nowhere. Like they have two players in Durant and Chris Paul who are over 35 Chris Paul is like 38 um making crazy money I know they can get out of the Chris Paul contract but they gotta have to pay him 15 million to do it like that is not a good situation like I, I to me like if he wants to stay there that's fine I know he's the king of Phoenix he loves it it's one of the best cities to live in in the NBA so I could understand not wanting to go but if he is frustrated and he is concerned with where things are headed like I would call and say hey what does it take to get him because to me he would be like the perfect fit to put next to Jalen Brunson. I think you get booked here. Like now you are a team that says, okay, we can win a championship. Uh, I would be shocked. I, you know, listen, if you're the Phoenix, the only way that makes any sense is if, you know, you're ready to tear it down after you just three months ago traded the farm yeah. for, for, you know, because you trade KD. And with a new owner, the new owner is going to be. The new owner is not, you know, not going to do it. I, I think that's a pipe dream. Um, let me fire away with you some questions here. Yeah. Uh, Mark H in the chat. Why does it seem that Tibbs never held Randall accountable for his effort level? It seems that way, Mark, because he never did. <laughs> yes. Yes. It seemed that way because it happened. Now, right. wh- I, it, what, it, what it appears to me is that Tom Thibodeau as a head coach has decided that the best way to get Randall to play at the highest level is just not to hold him accountable. It's that simple. Now, it seems insane to me. It seems like the craziest thing to me. It doesn't seem to make much sense. It seems to me like that would create a hierarchy on your team that could be toxic, which it was last season, and they kind of powered through that this season, in part because Randall played so well. But that was why after the loss in game four, I said, and I'm going to say this again, I don't think I could live through another postseason with the Tibbs and Randall combination. I'm not a fool. I know that it's unlikely that both of these guys will be gone given their close relationships with the front office. It's ridiculous to me that that's even a thing that I have to say, well, they're close with the front office. So therefore I don't know if they're going to be gone, but like, I know that's the case. So when I go back to what's going to happen, I say, well, can we at least split these guys up? If I got to see Randall again one more time, I want a different coach who's going to get something different out of him. Like, I, I cannot believe that the only way you can get Randall to play at an all-NBA level during the regular season is just let him play when he wants to, sometimes not play, flip laptops sometimes, get into teammates' faces sometimes, sometimes be a good teammate, sometimes not shake anybody's hand, sometimes get himself ejected. Like, I, th- th- there's no way that that's the best way you can get the best out of him. And if it is, then his, his ass needs to be gone. Like that, that you cannot have a functioning championship caliber team with a guy like that unless you got Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. Because guess what? Draymond Green is very similar. But if you don't have that kind of team, which they clearly don't, then you're going nowhere with this situation. So if I got to see Randall again, it better be with a different coach. If I got to see Tibbs again, I cannot see him giving Randall a pass for every single thing, but then throwing every other player under the bus when they do something wrong. I cannot see that again another postseason. 
listen, it's a fair point because, you know, all those times he let it get away with it last season and during the regular season and that West Coast trip when he was acting out in Sacramento and kind of pulling the mopey stuff, he said, well, at least when the playoff comes, he'll be locked in. He wasn't. Um, Tibbs was afraid to call him out, you know, and then which made the teammates didn't call him out. There was a talk of some rift in the locker room. Maybe that was the it bubbling over. Um, but yep. it, it's completely unacceptable. Can't happen. Um, and and we, we saw it, you know, manifest itself uh, in the worst time possible. Um, let me run through some of these other comments here just on the Twitter. We need shooters. Uh, this is Kicks uh, Jilla. Um, we need yep. shooters. I don't know who's out there. Buddy Heald, CJ McCollum, um, names, names to consider. Um, Zion Williamson, uh, maybe even send Randall to New Orleans for Zion. These, these, I mean, that is always, that is always felt like something that almost seemed inevitable at one point. It did, right? I just don't think that you could trust Zion. <laughs> like, I, like, I, I can't do that. And I know maybe I sound crazy. Maybe I don't, I don't know the temperature of the Knicks fan base right now in terms of how they feel on Zion. I just see a guy who can't stay healthy and a guy that's completely unreliable. Like he's unreliable in different ways from Julius Randle. He's right. unreliable that he's going to keep himself in the, in the right kind of conditioning. He's unreliable that he's going to be able to play through any kind of nicks and bruises. And he's unreliable in that he's going to say the right things when it comes to answering for why he's not delivering. Now, Randle, maybe him, they're the same in that regard. But like, I just, and, and then now you're going to get younger with, with this team. There's already a young team. Now I'm leaning on even a younger player. I think Zion's ceiling is way higher than Julius Randle's ceiling. And if the Pelicans were, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Even for a one for one right now, I would do that. I think that you would send your, your franchise maybe back banking on that. You'll get a healthy Zion Williamson for 82 games in the postseason. I just, I got to believe it before I see it, which means I'll probably never see it in a Nick uniform. Cause if he ever delivers that for the Pelicans, they'll never trade him. Uh, Mark Mark H makes another good point. Uh, Nick fans, uh, maybe a little bit of exaggeration, but Nick fans hate Randall. There's a segment of the population that hates Randall. Just oh yeah, for sure. And defends him. Yeah. Um, but his point is, uh, the Nick fans hate Randall if he stays. The crowds at MSG will turn on him. That's kind of what we talked about of of the regression, you know, from the All NBA player in in 2021 to the the really step backward season in between sandwiched in between his all NBA seasons um, was the 37 win Nick season when Randall and Tibbs, you know, was, were, were responsible for, for a very disappointing 11 seed finish. Um, so that's the kind of, you know, coming off the, you know, Brunson could have his number retired and, and, you know, he's, he's, yeah. um, he's, he's an incredible amount of equity with Nick fans um, right now for the, short term for the foreseeable future if things go off to it you know now just playing a couple games over 500 the expectations have been ratcheted up so if, yeah. if randall does you know if the knicks stumble a little bit out of the gates the focal point the ire is going to be directed at the person who nick fans feel cost them a chance to get to the eastern conference finals and make no mistake nick fans you have a right to feel frustrated because yeah. there's no promise the knicks are going to be back here on may 12th and we're going to be talking about games and a game six and a possible game seven. And they won game five. You know, there's no guarantee that you get to the first, you know, that you get out of the first round, that you get to the second yeah. round. And, there's uh, no guarantee that's, that somebody won't. I'm not wishing. I'm no guarantee somebody doesn't. You have a crucial injury that changes your entire season. Like, think about the Clippers. Clippers thought they were going to the finals. And then Kawhi tears his meniscus and, you know, their season's over, essentially. 100%. So that that's, that's the really frustrating part about it. Um, so all that being said, Nick fans understand that. They will, he will be the focus of the ire if things go sideways. If he's on the team and things go sideways, him and Tibbs um, will, will feel the brunt of the Nick fan uh, venom um, for the lost opportunity. Because make no mistake about it, this was a lost opportunity 
um, to to lo losing to Miami in the second round with my with a Milwaukee out of the picture. Celtics, who knows what's going on with them? Um, Philadelphia, a very good team, but you know there was an opportunity, there was a path there that had opened up beautifully, beautifully for New York. Credit to them yeah. for, for handling business in the first round, um, but then falling short is is going to sting for a little while. I want you guys to hear. Hopefully, I do this right here. Um, I want you guys to hear. Um, Eric Spolster, because he had extremely high praise for Jalen Brunson after this 41-point performance. Here is the Heat head coach, Eric Spolster. How was that dude not a, an all-star or all-NBA? I haven't even, even, like, really checked the all-NBA. Have those come out yet? Yeah. Oh, they have. That's how intense this series has been. Uh, did any of our guys make it? Where have I been? I thought the defensive play, uh, stuff came out. I didn't even see that. Uh, he should be on one of those teams. I wish he was still out west. Uh, but, um, man, you got to respect him as a competitor. He's, he's like a lot of our, our guys in the locker room. Um, he's, he's got an iron will. Uh, there's something about these Villanova guys. They're tough as they come as competitors. And, uh, you know, Kyle, um, I told Kyle at some point during the series, I said, don't ever forget you were the the first one okay so extremely high praise there for Jalen Brunson wait uh, wait, wait 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 till, wait till Spo finds out that uh Mark Jackson didn't have uh, Jokic as one of his top five <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know how that happened I mean yeah it seemed like he was trying to make his all NBA team the MVP I don't know but that was uh, egregious but will will the heat make the finals EJ um no, I I don't – that's <laughs> – again, we talk about lost opportunities. Like, I've seen now the Heat team for six games, and they don't have Tyler Hero. They don't have Victor Oladipo, so this is not a full-strength Heat team. I understand that. So, Heat fans who may be in the chat, don't crucify me. This is not that great a team. Like, they don't have a lot of offense outside of Jimmy and Bam and a lot of guys who need to be wide open to shoot threes. Kyle Lowry – can give you something from game to game. You know, he wasn't that great in New York. He was really great in this game. He was really great in all the games in Miami. Uh, I think when you get to play Philly or you get to play Boston, those teams have a little too much firepower. They keep those games where they kept the Knicks, which is like, you know, in the low 100s, in the 90s, the Heat will have a great shot. Um, if that get, game gets a little higher into, into, into the, the, you know, 100, 110s, 120s, I think it's going to be tough for them. I, I don't think the Knicks lost to a team that's an NBA Finals team. If they did, like – I mean, look, I, it's hard. Like, this is like the worst scenario for a Knicks fan. Like, you got the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Heat <laughs> left. Like, don't like, just add the Pacers in there. Like, let, let them just get a buy into one of these rounds just to make the any make it much worse. Or so the Bulls throw them in there. But like, I don't know. Really, there's really there is no rooting interest. But to me, like, if there's any silver lining, you say, well, if the Knicks, you know, lost to this team and the Heat go on, then we go to the finals. You say, well. Damn, we you know we we were you know a one possession away from forcing a game seven against the Eastern Conference champions. That would be I guess something maybe you could hang your hat on, but uh, but no, I do not think the Heat are going to the finals. Um, Lakers up ten. You think they hold a 49-39, Four minutes left in the second quarter. You think they hold on um, and win Game Six tonight? Uh, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say uh, no. You got the Warriors coming back, huh? LeBron. Yeah. LeBron fifteen and zero in elimination games in his home arena. That's 
ridiculous stat. He's a monster. He's, yeah, he's so good. Uh, yeah, but I, I think I think we're both on the same page here that Denver. We both picked Denver to beat the Suns. I think uh, Denver. I think Jokic gets a chip this year. I think they beat whoever yeah. comes out of the series, and I think they beat whoever comes out of the East. Yeah, they, they look like a, they look like an absolute monster. I mean, we've been on this for fifty three minutes. Shout out to everybody that's been in, been in the chat. Nick's Lutus one. Uh, 92 96, uh, eliminated from the playoff season over. I guess, Tommy, we can get to like final thoughts. Like, you know, how are you feeling? I mean, we'll be back for you guys uh, who listen to us normally or check out our, our YouTube videos. We'll be back. We'll have a new episode up on uh, on uh, Monday, Monday as well. Yep. So we'll have a, a fresh recorded episode, you know, talking about the game, talking about the offseason, all that stuff. So but we'll give you guys still full up. So this is a bonus for us, but just final thoughts on this game where the off season begins to cap so, this uh this uh live chat and thank you to everybody who checked this out this has been a really awesome experience so you're trying to tell me we're not going to be previewing game seven monday morning is that, is that i was hoping happen? i was hoping it, it was crazy because i was like I, I got all this stuff happening this weekend and i'm traveling and i was like how am i gonna figure this out and i was like well you know what like I, hopefully they win i have to figure something out now uh um, everything me, became a lot easier let me <laughs> let me let me start or let me finish with uh where i started um Nick fans have reasons to be really optimistic going forward. I know tonight stings. Um, I know this is a missed opportunity. I know the way it ended is not the way um, everyone had envisioned. Um, but we talked about it. The Knicks have a superstar in Jalen Brunson. The Knicks have a point guard. Right. Um, you know, not you know, uh, <laughs> not Alfred Payton, not uh, uh, not Alonzo Trier. Not Trey Burke, you know, not Ramon not, Sessions, not Ramon uh, Jose, Jose Calderon, Calderon not, not, yeah. not, not 22 assist man, Chris Duan. Like the Knicks have a guy, <laughs> the Knicks have a dog. Um, uh, the, the New York City has a point guard, it can wrap its arms around, and he will carry the banner of the franchise. Um, and now, you know, I, I you know, we talked about a little bit. There are going to be players that say, I want to play with Jalen Brunson. Like, I need to play next to that guy. You know, yeah. it, 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 Nick fans, if you want to make yourself feel better somewhere, you know, think about Mark Cuban watching game five <laughs> when, when, when Brunson scored 48. Think about Luka Doncic in, in Slovenia watching Brunson score, you know, 41 yeah. tonight. Um, you know, think about Nico Harrison, the, the Mavs GM, trying to figure out, um, you know, how, how they how they got, you know, <laughs> what it could be worse. Knicks have that dude going forward. <laughs> yeah. Grimes, 22. IQ, 23. Um, uh, Mitch Rob, 25, locked it, locked into a relatively reasonable contract. Uh, Barrett's 22. Um, McBride's still a part uh, of the lineup. Uh, lots of draft capital, plenty of, of second rounders, first rounders that they can throw into trades, plenty of cap space, um, a front office that is committed um, to, to, to moving in the right direction, has has uh, avoided t you know signing Albatross contracts, that has avoided unnecessarily throwing away first round draft picks. So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. Um, you know, uh, it, it stings right now. Um, it'll sting tomorrow morning. Um, it'll sting a lot. Uh, first game of the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. The heat play. Um, but then in June, when you start, when they start preparing for the draft, you know, find a way to get the Knicks the 25th pick and they'll find us somehow find an NBA starter. Um, you know, uh, Brock, uh, you know, uh, with, with the all the guys behind the scenes and worldwide West. Um, so there's, there's a lot to, to be had there. Um, they have a lot of pieces, a lot of malleable flexibility um, in terms of roster construction. 
Um, and, and there's a lot of upside there. This is the start of something um, that that hopefully, um, you know, you guys have been through a lot worse. Um, th yeah. There's this is certainly the the best season the Knicks have had in a while. Hopefully, it's the start of a continuation. Um, and I think that's what's most encouraging, um, as opposed to the 2021 team. There seems to be a baseline level here, um, a sustainability for success, and I think that's really encouraging. Yeah, I echo a lot of those sentiments. I mean, like I've said it, I'm going to keep echoing this all offseason. Knicks now have a championship cornerstone. How many guys we've asked to get here? LeBron James, KD, Dwayne Wade. We brought Melo here. Kobe Bryant, when he demanded a trade from the Lakers, and he, he said maybe the Knicks were one of the things he wanted to go to. I mean, so many players. Chris Webber, when he was going to be a free agent in 2000. Grant Hill. Grant Hill was going to be a free agent. How many guys? Have you talked about saying the Knicks need to get a championship cornerstone into this franchise for them to finally get back to that mountaintop? Newsflash, championship cornerstone is here. Yep. You need more than one, but you got one. Yep. Now is can you add to this? But I think with the way things are headed with the youth of this team, and you think about the rest of this Eastern Conference, that's one of the reasons why I'm so optimistic about the Knicks. Look at the team they played. They're playing Kevin Love major minutes in a playoff game. You know, Jimmy Butler is not a spring chicken either. Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry was dead for six months. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought Kyle Lowry was going to have to, you know, retire midseason with how he yep. was playing. So yep. that's the team you lost to. They're not going to be around much longer. The uh, Milwaukee Bucks got some answers, uh, to, and, and they just fired their coach. They got some older guys, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and, and, Lopez, and as, a free agent. And as a couple people mentioned in the in the, in the comments, Giannis isn't only has a couple years left uh, on his contract. That's something that's going to exactly. So what happens with them? The Philly. What happens with James Harden? What happens with Doc Rivers? What happens with some of the older guys on their roster? If you know, Austin, how, if Austin yeah. loses, you know, today Jalen Brown won out. Or does it, or do they sign him to a two hundred fifty eight million dollar right. contract, which, which and lock themselves it. into just that team? So, I think the Knicks are is sitting pretty right now. You know, the the Cavs who they dismantled in the first round are going to be a problem. They're going to yep. be around. They're a young team. They're a good team. We'll see how long Mitchell stays. Does Mitchell stay uh, beyond <laughs> next season? Guy. Like, I, I just feel like the Knicks don't have these question marks. Like, it's really like to me they're like a, almost like a blank slate. They can do whatever they want. These other teams kind of have like immediate things they got to figure out that and, could kind of tip the scales whether or not they're a contender for the years to come. And we talked about it. That's why it's really important to note the Knicks don't have to be pressured into getting the first whatever superstar demands a trade. The Knicks now have earned the right to be selective and kind of yeah. pick the right superstar, which is something we didn't think we'd say for a long time. Exactly. Closing into the hour mark here. So I think that's going to do it for this special live post game edition of orange and blue bloods next season unfortunately over Knicks lose 96 92 to the miami heat in game six losing this series four to two thank you guys so much you've been rocking with us this entire season i mean this has been an unbelievable season to cover this is i know time's been doing this for uh, a bunch of years and he's one of the best in the game and it's been a pleasure absolutely a pleasure talking about the next season with him this is my first season covering the new york knicks in this manner and it's been an honor uh, to communicate with you guys and to have the kind words from you guys and have you guys just listening to our content and checking us out and giving us a chance because there are a lot of talented content creators a lot of talented people talking about the Knicks so for you guys to give us your ear we really appreciate that so thank you guys so much we ain't going nowhere off season's happening but we got podcasts coming the off season it may not be three times a week we'll probably go down to two to one but 
will be still delivering throughout the entire offseason. So we got a lottery coming up. Doesn't really well, it does affect the Knicks. You gotta see what happens yep. with the Dallas Mavericks. So we got a lottery coming up next week, draft coming up, workouts will be happening. Then next thing you know, draft comes, trades will be happening, then free agency, then the NBA season now time become a 365 uh day deal. So we're not going anywhere. So I want to thank you guys again for checking this out and giving us a shot. This orange and blue bloods. Thank you guys for checking us out again. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.